Naps don't help when your soul is tired. So <laughs> Space to think when you look back at the album, it starts out. First of all, I one of the things I admire the most about artists like Title the Creator and um, Igor, which I'm sure you've heard before the album. It's one of my favorite albums ever because of how seamlessly it transitions from one song to the next and how it has like a clear narrative. Right. And your album, Space to Think, seems to share something similar to it. So that song, myself, this time, um, you talk about doing it for yourself and comparing successes. Would you say that you're like a competitive artist? Yes. I, well, I think I used to be, I think when I wrote that song, I was very much like in my, uh, I, I was very much having a competitive spirit. That's good. I think that's one of the things I love the most about um, the rap genre. Because this this is probably a conversation you've had with other people before because you're actually in the music industry and I'm not. The cool thing about rap is that, um, are you familiar with, with what's going on between Megan Thee Stallion and Nicki Minaj right now? Bro, like somebody tried to explain it to me and I still don't really care, but- You shouldn't. The point is, Meg the Stallion and Nicki Minaj are trading songs, rap bars. And I think that's like the coolest thing about rap that one, this person can make a song and this person can make a song and they can like go at it and we can all be like, she ate or whatever the kids are saying these days. And mm -hmm. she is um, objectively ass and sounds like she's on Coke. Um, what? That's a really cool thing about rap. But on the other hand, I don't think Ariana Grande puts out a song and she's like, Beyonce can't fuck with this. You know what I mean? Right. You, did you ever look at it that way when you were making music, when you were making your songs for Space to Think? Were you thinking about like, this is going to be better than my contemporaries? No. <laughs> Not at all. You never thought about that. Uh, I mean, I, it was less of like better and more just like, man, I think people are going to think this is really great. Like, yeah, this is different than what we're used to hearing in town in Nashville. And yeah. I think it'll like, I, I really like, I really try not to think that way. Like, I, I think that that for me, mm -hmm. sometimes it's fueling for people, but like yeah. for me, that's just, that's a spiral for sure. It's like having that perspective of this is going to be better than yeah this other artist that's kind of in my like world of music it's gonna be better mm -hmm. than them like I, I don't know i just that doesn't that doesn't like work for for me yeah <laughs> everybody that. has different motivation styles and for me yeah. it's not even necessarily about this guy in Murfreesboro makes a podcast and I'm up here in Smyrna making a podcast and I need people to know that I'm better than him like I don't think of it that way the way I think of it is if you were to you've listened to a podcast before, right? Like that's not mine, right? Right. Um, what's an example of a podcast you've listened to before? Uh, I like 
I think Brene Brown has a podcast or it's mm-hmm. Oprah's podcast and she had Brene Brown. <laughs> Oprah has a podcast? <laughs> well, then it, I, it, it, it might be Brene Brown's podcast then. Mm-hmm. It's fine. Editor Derek, look it up. Um, no free promo. Have you ever heard of Caller Daddy? She doesn't need the promo. Totally. Of course you have. So, See, she doesn't need the promo. My goal is not to be better than Caller Daddy, even though that would be cool. But what we're doing right now is a interview style podcast, right? Mm-hmm. My goal is for somebody to listen to the Derapy podcast interviewing Sully and then go listen to Alex Cooper interviewing Jack Harlow. And they have the exact same experience as far as quality. You feel me? It's like, I don't need to be better than her. I just need people to hear me and hear her and be like, these two are on the same level. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah. You probably know somebody in your life that is an aspiring rapper, right? Yes. Of course you do. Yeah. I love asking questions. I know the answer. So (laughs) have you ever... We're not saying names. We don't have to. But if you want to, I'll censor it because it's funny. Have you ever heard somebody that you know personally that is an aspiring rapper and you think to yourself when you hear their music, like, this isn't it? I'm sure you felt that before, right? Totally, yeah. Of course. And that's my whole thing. Every time I have a friend, and this has happened more times than I would like to admit, that says, we're going to rap. I'm going to be a rapper. All I think to myself is, why would I listen to you rap when I could just go listen to the Carter three again? You know, like J. Cole exists in the same world as you and you're acting like that's not the case. And -hmm. I feel like if more people had that perspective, there would be less aspiring rappers and there wouldn't be a million podcasts. Is it fair to say, is it hater energy for me to say that not everybody should have a podcast? Is that fair? I think that's totally fair. Okay. I just wanted to make sure that we were on the same page because I feel like it's easy to come off as like a hater and I'm really not. I'm just like, sometimes you hear something and it's literally offensive to your ears and I'm just tired of pretending like it's <laughs> Is lock my door, is that about somebody specific? Yes. Ooh, okay. Ask her who it is. Want to tell me you? Who is it? Sure, yeah. Uh, I it's about two girls. Um, I had a bad roommate situation. Mm-hmm. Um, this was when I quit school at MT, and gotcha. I moved into an apartment um, with two other girls, and uh, they just weren't very nice. They weren't very nice, and. I was like, I felt kind of like, felt a little picked on in a way. Yeah. I was also a little younger than then. Mm-hmm. And it was so, such a bad situation that I actually moved in with my boyfriend at the time. Um, and he had four other boy roommates. And I was living with him and because these girls like insisted that I couldn't get someone to like take over my lease. And so I was just mm-hmm. paying for this apartment um, and not staying there. That sucks. 
Yeah, so the song is basically, it's like quite literal. Of just like I'm locking my door. Like when I, if I if I come to this apartment, I'm not leaving my room. That makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I figured. A lot of times artists are making um, songs and they're for everyone. It's like anybody can relate to this. And I think in a way that like yours could, but sometimes mm-hmm. they're doing that like this could happen to anyone but it's not actually happening to me uh drake is guilty of that because he talks about like having shooters or whatever and i'm like i don't know he's like i have a gun under my pillow like do you (laughs) um so but like and based on the first half of the song i was listening to it obviously it's a great song um and i was like this is good this is cool this could be for anyone and then you said something about people claiming that they don't have money but then like you see them spending it recklessly and i was like damn i feel the shade and this is i know this isn't even about me (laughs) because like i love to tell people that i don't have any money but i have like so much cool shit at my apartment yeah i'm just a person but uh yeah i appreciate you being upfront about that and um i think it's safe to say that like these people they don't fuck with you they're not gonna listen to your shit no she's definitely heard it no both of them have definitely heard it but i think that one of them really took it personally i don't really think about it or them anymore but but you made the song about them and now the song like exists and and you have to live with that and they have to live with that and do you have any regrets about it no i love the song do you have any songs of yours where you're like you've kind of wrestled with the idea of like, maybe I shouldn't have done that. Not that I've like released on like platforms. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, some of them I don't love anymore and I don't think that there's anything wrong with them. I think that it's just, you make something that's true to you at a certain time and then it's not true to you anymore. Right. But I have like posted songs on like TikTok or like, yeah, mainly like TikTok because I'll I'll post songs that I just write, and I've definitely posted a couple that I'm like, ah, I shouldn't mm. I shouldn't have done that. Yeah, yeah, I yeah I feel you. So rain check is really lit. Um, I think that I just had one specific question about it. Um, at a minute and 37 seconds into your song which i'm sure you probably like what does that even mean to you i don't know do you when you create songs i don't know how long your process is for creating songs i only know like how long my process is for creating podcasts when i tell you that like halfway through a song something happened does that register anything for you or are you like too far removed from it no i mean i i feel like maybe we're like at the second verse at that point or something mm-hmm. but i don't okay. know it that well so all right so you know what why am I acting like this isn't my show and I can do whatever I want? So I'm gonna pull up this song really quick. How do you feel about people playing your stuff in front of you? Does that make you cringe or are you over it? It's not my favorite thing ever, but I also signed up for this, so. <laughs> well, I'm not gonna play you the whole song. Um, one thing that I found a little bit distasteful from Not You, uh, a podcast that you were on, at the end of the podcast, they literally played an entire song of yours, which sounds cool on paper, but Give the people something to look forward to, dog. Like, what the fuck? Okay, so. <laughs> oh, right here. Read my body. 
So you hear like those back vocals, like the harmony, right? Right. I can't sing like you. Um, is that all you? Or do you have other people do backing vocals with you? That is, that is me. Whoa. It's pretty sick, dog. I know it sounds like it was just a compliment and I didn't have a real question, but I do. How many takes does something like that take? That harmonizing the background vocals? Um, it's It's a lot of layers for sure. Because when you, when you do like, you got to do like at least a double, you know, mm -hmm. um, maybe even a triple, but so there's at least probably like, uh, I don't know. I know what part you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Um, as far as takes, I mean, it's, it's just like making sure you're nailing the pitch. Um, mm -hmm. no, no shakiness, no breaks, no. Yeah. Yeah. And the performance and that sort of thing. But yeah, I for a rain check, I had a friend. Um, his name's Connor Broom. He was mm. helping me pick out the notes. Uh, he's got like perfect pitch. Like he's one of those crazy. He's like a Charlie Puth type motherfucker. Yeah. So he helped me arrange um, some of those BGVs, some of those more like complicated parts. But I, I couldn't tell you how many layers mm. there are going on because it's it's a lot. I mean, probably like at least twenty. <laughs> at least 20 i think I, I think if i remember that part correctly 15 20 15 20 i mean anything over like all i did when i created my like you heard my like little intro for my show the therapy dude that shit took like an hour and a half dog and it's not even like a real song like that so i was just curious if like if that stuff comes easily for you or if there's like a kind of like back end stuff but anything over 15 fucking layers tracks takes or whatever is that's a lot but it probably didn't feel like a lot for you at the time i guess i love i love like i love layering it's my one of my favorite things favorite parts for sure that's sweet i think that i was just thinking about like how i would react to this next sentence if i was you but i bet beyonce loves that part of it too you know like all that <laughs> all that background harmonizing i'm sure she does I'm sure she does. You can tell she takes a lot of pride in it. It seems like you do too. Tell me about FOMO. I don't have a specific question about like anything specifically in that song, but you probably know that it's your most popular song, right? Right. Why do you think that is? I don't know. Um, it's not my favorite song for sure, but I think it's pretty approachable. Mm -hmm. I think it crosses a lot of different... Uh, I, I think as far as like... Uh, like a lot a lot of different people can like it mm. it doesn't just lean in one direction um it was one of the first songs i ever wrote Ooh. actually yeah i wrote that in the mtsu practice room in the music building what year not like calendar year but like how many years of school freshman sophomore uh i think it was my sophomore year my sophomore year or i I think it was 20, 2017 or 2018. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I quit the first half of my junior year. Does it bother you that this thing that you wrote so long ago is still your most popular song? Or do you not care about stuff like that? Um, it, it, it It's like, it doesn't matter. 
-hmm. it doesn't matter but i know that i've made better songs since then right yeah uh i appreciate that so many people like it i also think that it just got on the right playlist at the right time and like got added to people's libraries at the or people added it you know whatever Mm -hmm. i don't know if it'll be my popular song my most popular song forever let's just assume it's not going to be that would be pretty sad yeah right i think i'll (laughs) i think that there is better music that will you know well I don't know how much this is going to matter to you. I mean, it makes you feel a lot better knowing that it's not your favorite song because I like I like Rain Check and Lock My Door and Seasonal and Home. Like, I like pretty much every other song on that album better than that song. So, like, yeah, it's not that it's, it's not that it's a bad song. It's just um, it's just like my least favorite. There has to be a least favorite yeah. of everything, you know. So, you know. I think I also, when I listen back to it, I, I can feel, I can hear how young that I sound. Mm-hmm. And it was like, it was one of the first songs we made and one of the first songs we recorded. So mm-hmm. I, I think I'm coming at it from, from that perspective too, of like hating or not hating, but disliking certain like uh, some of the ways that I perform it. Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense because the way that you feel about that is the way I, oh my God, dude, when I, when I first started this podcast that you're on right now, it was ass. You're really nice to yourself about the music that you made when you were younger. I am not nice about my past work because I know I wasn't putting in the amount of effort that I could have been to make the best possible music. I mean, podcast, whatever. And I think that it's okay to you said hate and then you changed to dislike which is fair because you don't want to be mean to yourself i actually hate some of the episodes i made when i first started because they are objectively bad i'm just this is how my podcast used to work what's up guys uh another uh this is episode 17 of therapy it's may 31st it's 2021 um like it's like it's not good and i think it's okay to be like i don't like listening to this anymore the idea of listening to some of those first episodes i made makes me kind of sick dog so it's i know that it might not be um the healthiest thing to do to think like i hate the stuff i used to make but like it's okay it's like a very normal natural feeling you feel me Mm mm-hmm yeah the songs that are on space to think are obviously all very well produced because you know they're for your album you were taking it very seriously um you've done a good job and i know this because i've listened to every song that you've ever produced and released publicly of not letting people hear things that are poorly produced would you agree yeah that's good i wish i had your level of discretion when i first started trying to be an artist okay so homies (laughs) how does your mom feel about that song how's my mom feel about that song yeah you talk about um riding around with the homies you talk about and um i don't know blowing smoke if you have problems 
you can meet us out some like it sounds like you're trying to fight do you know yeah it, it's uh <laughs> i think my my mom loves that song um she, <laughs> she hates anytime i use like foul language yeah i get that anytime but the song is more it's less like i'm trying it's not to literal learn. obviously yeah no it's like it's like i'm sticking with these people you know like yeah it makes yeah. sense i understand it of course i hear you yeah I, I i hear you um so is there a song that when people tell you it's their favorite song makes you feel better than any other song they would say is your favorite yeah uh i like when people like easier to be angry um that one I feel very proud of that one. I think it's, I, I like the like neo soul aspect of it while it's also very senior songwriter. Mm -hmm. I like my performance and it all, I love the production. Um, that would be my answer right now. Probably. Sweet. I love that. It is a great song. I've listened to all of your songs, of course, but my favorite just so happens to be seasonal. Have people told you that uh, before? Yeah, yeah I, I think that's like a huge compliment as well. Hmm, what do you think it is about seasonal that people like so much? It's such a great question. Um, I, I, I mean, my guess would be the first half is super fun, um, and the second second half is. I, I think it's just cool. I also think that it like very much represents those like mood swings, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think I people resonate with that. I love the second half of the song. Like, mm -hmm. I sometimes if I'm listening to it, I just skip to the second half. That is so, that is so interesting because I have up until the past couple of days where I was just like streaming the ever loving fuck out of every song you've ever made. Um, when I first heard it, when I used to listen to it back when I was doing Lyft full time, which is a crazy thing to say or have done or admit, I used to play your music for strangers all the time and I would ask them what they thought of it. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I don't know if you knew that was a thing that's happening, but now you do. And not me getting an email right now uh, from Lyft receipts. <laughs> <laughs> that's... They're listening. That's suspicious. That's suspicious. Seasonal, I would ask people what they thought of that song all the time because it's my favorite song of yours. And they would say, oh my God, the first half is like so fun. And then they're like, the second half kind of, kind of bummed me out. And I was like, I feel like that's the point, bud. But okay. That's, you know, it's funny. My dad actually said the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think that the pin game was crazy. You talked about feeling invincible, which is what I've been telling people for the last month. I've been feeling the same way. Um, I think that's pretty sick. When I hear the first part, it's fun, it's sweet, it's bouncy. That's what I wrote. I think it's I think it's sick. Um, right, but. Let me ask you this. It's very obvious that the song is called Seasonal. And then it's like, in the second half of the song, it's like a different season. Like it's, you know, it's art. It's fun. We love art. 
I noticed that the transition happens literally to the second right in the middle of the song. I'm assuming that was intentional. I've never noticed. What? It's like exact. It's exact. It's, no, that was just, it was yeah. just the way that it, that it happened. Stop the cow. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. It's crazy when, you know, usually when you're cooking, right? It doesn't happen accidentally. You feel me? You don't accidentally have the perfect seasoning, but maybe, you know, I, I bet Gordon Ramsay, when he's cooking shit up, you know, magic just happens because he's just that guy. Maybe you're just like that. I don't know. When you have been doing something, as long as you've been doing it, um, you get like these superpowers and they just kind of activate automatically, you know? So you didn't have to say right in the middle of the song, I'm going to do this. It just happened naturally because that's what you were going for. You know, that's the vibe. You feel me? That's so awesome. I've never even noticed. I love that you noticed as well. That's so, so cool. Yeah. I mean, I thought it was like super... I almost felt silly for bringing it up because I thought it was so obvious. And you're like, dude, I wasn't even trying to do that. No, I've never noticed. I've never noticed. Oh, yeah. Well, that's that's really sweet, actually. In that case, I'm really glad that I brought it up. And now you can listen back to it and be even more proud of it. So Death Day is like super crazy, like down. I feel like that's kind of a interesting way to conclude an album um, in hindsight. Do you, are you still glad that you made the choice to have a song where you're talking about dying be the last thing that people hear? Yeah. Um, Mac Miller once said that loosely, not mm -hmm. quoting him, but basically that the, uh, the end of the album should, the end of an album should feel like the death of it in a way or like, it should kind of feel like listening to an album should feel like you're born and then you live and then you die. Okay. I took that kind of literally, but I also think that that song, like I knew that if I put it in the middle of the album, it would absolutely kill the mood and That's, nobody would yeah. want to actually finish. Like it, the only place for it to be was the end of the album because it was the most vulnerable and personal and like raw song i would say on on project i actually can't listen to that one <laughs> anymore but hmm. it's just too it's it's i, I it's was a just lot like, it's heavy yeah man i was struggling so much i was struggling mentally really heavy when i was making that album and so it's hard for yeah. me to relive that I hear you. Um, I think that's a really great point. Um, some songs can. Have you ever? Um, have you ever had a song that you really like listening to, but it reminds you of a very specific person, so you can't listen to it anymore? Bon Iver, self-titled. Mm -hmm. um, I used to that. Well, I. My ex-boyfriend had. Um, had that on vinyl sorry i i kind of just blacked out and you're good me. i'm listening to you keep talking actually you know what don't i'm gonna go pee i'll be right back sure this feels like a perfect time to remind you all that therapy is now officially partnered with dubby energy dubby energy is a energy drink that basically gives you all the energy and focus that you need without the crash or the jitters check out the link in the description to support the show Use code DEREPY to get 10% off of your order at checkout. 
Again, that's w.gg. Check the link in the description. Support the show. Support my dream of being a full-time podcaster. In the meantime, I hope you enjoy the rest of the show. I've been good this show, by the way. Editor Derek has been, like, mad chill, for the record, okay? I feel like it's been, like, good conversation, good flow. Okay, I'll cut to the rest of the show. Sorry. Von Iver, self-titled, on vinyl, ex-boyfriend. Continue. Yeah, I mean, we used to listen to that all the time. He was a big uh, Bon Iver fan, and I, I was, I am, and I still, I do listen to that album now, but there was a while that, like, I, I know it, like, the back of my hand, yeah, and... Within two seconds, I knew that that was what was playing. That 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 was what was playing, and couldn't listen to that one. Um, I struggled to <laughs> listen to some of that new uh, Dijon Dijon record. That one reminded me of my ex as well. But Oof. I'm that over sucks. it now because it's so good. How do we feel about? space to think in hindsight after a few years uh there's always going to be things that i would want to change about it but i don't think i would um because i i am proud of it i think that it was honest and i think nice to listen to overall yeah I mean, I know that I will make better music. I've already made better music than yeah, Space yeah. You, you, you yeah. have, you have. I've heard it. That's good. So, yeah. I'm actually really glad that you feel that way. Um, I wish I could feel that way about all the stuff that I made. Uh, because if I could go back in time, I'd be like, please, God, do not record this. It's so bad. Or please listen back to these before you upload them. They're so bad. And the fact that you were able to put out an entire project with so many personal and vulnerable things and the fact that you can look back on that and be like, no regrets, that's like really cool. And you should be proud of that. The On a like lighter note, how long did it take you to write, record, produce the entire thing? So I was working with this producer, Caleb Lee, at the time. He's wonderful. Mm-hmm. So we'd started on, like, FOMO and Lock My Door. I don't know the dates off the top of my head, but, like, mm-hmm. we had been working on those for a, a while before the idea of an album mm-hmm. came about. Um, and then COVID happened, and I was writing i wrote some of those like i wrote seasonal death day the interlude shouldn't think of what else is on the album uh like like kind of in covid world Mm -hmm. and so i do feel like it was the the process was a little spread out i was also in the process of changing my name at the time so it definitely if i remember correctly it, it took at least a year but also, like, there was, like, COVID during some of it. Yeah. Um, and, and so it's all a bit of a blur. When you say changing your name, <laughs> you mean, like, your stage name, like, your government name, yeah. right? Okay. All right. My I just, stage I just wanna, Okay. I just want to make sure I got that right. I was like, who are you? <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. Um, I guess the last thing that I want to ask you is, and you've been great, by the way, in case you were curious. Um was there any, I guess I have two things. One is business and one is not. 
they're both business, but they're both fun. Um, throughout the process of creating the album, was there a single creative choice or favorite moment that you had in the studio when you were creating it? Like something that sticks with you? I think a really sweet moment. Like, I, I mean, there were like some awesome musical moments, you know, mm -hmm. like somebody came and played bass and it was really cool or like yeah. some vocal takes that felt like super personal or whatever. But I think uh, when we were making Homies, I wanted to get like I, I wanted it to feel ah like basically I was secretly recording or I was like I was living in this big house off Avenue and I had five other roommates. It was a big house. And like occasionally we would all get together and do dinner, but it was kind of a heavy time, I would say. Like, COVID was still kind of low-key going on. And, like, mm -hmm. it seemed like everybody in the house had some sort of personal, emotional thing going on. But we would occasionally get together and do dinner or something. And I would be secretly, like, voice memoing them. Hell like, yeah. while we were laughing and stuff. Not, like, talking about personal things or anything. But, yeah, yeah and... I brought it to Caleb, the producer, and that's those are that's the voices that you're hearing halfway or mm. like kind of towards the end of the song, the bridge, I guess, instrumental. Mm. Um, and then it's one specific laugh that sticks out, and it's my friend Gina's. And mm. I think that was a sweet moment was like hearing that finished product. And yeah, that's super cool. I think that's one of the coolest things about creating art is that you get to add um, this very like special flavor to it that is your own personal life. Like when I'm trying yeah. to create um, memorable moments for this fun little podcast show, I am constantly recording the people around me, probably illegally. I don't know. And 99% of the time I never use it and I never listen back to it, but I'm just like looking for like this one specific moment, like somebody's like crazy laugh or somebody saying something that's like insane. And the fact that you were able to capture something like that and put it in one of your songs is, is pretty sick. Um, the only other thing I want to ask you is you're obviously dropping the new single. You said it's this Friday, right? This Friday. That's exciting. How do you want people to consume it or just however they can get it? Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube. Do you care? Does it matter? Just listen to the song, right? It doesn't matter. Just listen to the song. How, whatever, whatever works for you works for me. Cool. That's sweet. And um, if you've listened to my show before, you know that I usually am trying to make sure the outro song either matches the tone of the episode or it's whatever you want. Um, what's your favorite song right now? What's the first one that comes to mind or one that you would like to cap off? You know, you can give me two or three if you want, because obviously this is not going to be one episode of my show. It might be like. Four. So okay. what have you been listening to lately, Sully? Take your time. I've been listening to. <laughs> okay. Well, I had a session with my friend Phil the other day and he really put me on some new stuff. But mm -hmm. besides that, I've been listening to this new McGee song, like MK.GEE. -E. Mm -hmm. uh, it's called Dream Police. It's really cool. Mm -hmm. 
Um, I've also been listening to Alone by Willow. Okay. Oh, but don't play that one. You should listen to that one, but I don't okay. think that's the nude. That new Hiatus Coyote song. I've been listening Hi- to... Hiatus Coyote? Have you ever heard of them? No. Oh, it's going <laughs> to rock the world. Um, it's their most recent single. I think it's called Everything is Beautiful. I can't remember. Okay. Editor uh, will figure it out. We're going to find it for you, Sully. Okay. And then... I'm always like literally always listening to Kitty Cat by Beyonce. <laughs> okay. I love that. <laughs> That'll definitely work. Um, MK.GEE Dream Police Alone by Willow. I'll listen to it and then I'll decide if it, if it makes sense. Um, we'll see. And um hiatus coyote everything is beautiful either the song or some lyrics and kitty cat by beyonce is just that's it's a classic sully um i think that's i think that's gonna work um any closing thoughts what do you want the people to know about you is what sean evans would say what do you got going on any message for the world i got this upright piano and where i'm sitting right now I can show you my scene, but you can cut it out. But basically, mm. yeah. Whoa, that's big. And it is a, it is a, it is a piano, and I have these sticky notes, <laughs> and I have this note that I wrote to myself, and it says, "Everything is so beautiful if you just open your eyes." Ooh, that is what I'm leaving with the people. You know what we're doing.